0: Quiz at play season two episode four uh, i'm your guest host <laughs> no, I'm not. no no, no that's I'm, I'm not i am fucking not <laughs> uh, i am the main host for this episode my name is reuben and i'm joined as always by mark hello and and by lynn the order
1: yeah uh i'm here as well <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh so glad to have you on finally Um, after planning this season for so long. Um, So let's just jump straight in, shall we, with some quick fire news. Um, So the first thing, which personally I think is like really good news, and I think it kind of ties into the stuff that me and Mark have been saying for well over a year now, uh, Microsoft is putting an Xbox app in TVs and building its own streaming services. It's it's more Game Pass, right? I thought... Yeah, I thought you were going to say the
1: good news was Jeff Keeley stopped talking, but you know.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> will never stop talking. Let's not pretend. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just Game Pass and more things. Cause... Yeah, and it's
2: it gives everybody the opportunity that either can't get hold of a new console or can't afford a new console. Uh, just another way of playing the latest games, you know. Admittedly, they do still require a decent internet connection, so it's not going to be great for everybody, but it's something. But it's something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I was looking at Game Pass um, recently because it was lit. I'm going to be entirely transparent. It was literally only to play Sea of Thieves because my friends bought the uh-huh. Sea of Thieves, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get in on this. Everyone's having fun with it. But the amount of games you get is genuinely, I was like, okay, this might actually be worth it if I
2: keep it up. There's a lot of stuff on there, yeah, loads of stuff. And they're always, you know, all of Microsoft's first-party stuff is added on there day one. They've got all of the Bethesda stuff since they bought Bethesda, and there's loads of EA games on there, although the EA games only go on a year later, depending on how interested you are in EA games, obviously. Um, But, yeah, there's just such a huge variety of content on there, and
0: it's so reasonably priced as well. And it changes all the time Mm. as well, which also helps um because there's there's like three three like big games going on this month already (laughs) that we know about and five are leaving but that still leaves you know a a stupid amount of games on this on this service um furthermore like if you get the ultimate you've also got the the beta on the mobile version Mm -hmm. as well and the, the the cloud version so you can play certain games from game pass on any device Mm
2: -hmm. i think also it's Um, fair to say it does sound like microsoft are looking at offering um different options by the sounds of it so that you don't have to have ultimate to have the streaming they offer the streaming version as a completely separate for these devices
0: which makes sense yeah i mean it i mean it made sense that it was tied in all together at one point anyway simply because it was only in beta but once it's Fully released, yeah. yeah, it makes perfect sense to have it as its own. I mean,
1: kind of my, my concern, my big concern about it is uh, we've seen how the Stadia went. How is this going to be different?
2: I think, I mean, I think the difference St- here Stadia is that. didn't
0: have games? My,
2: yeah, well, firstly, it has games. Secondly, Microsoft already have a huge presence in the gaming world. Um, and I think because they built it initially as like a a a side project almost to the Xbox brand and have let it grow uh it 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 is i think it's now a point where it's so huge I think it it's it's kind of on that trajectory
1: now I guess so I mean for stadia it was essentially hey we're gonna throw a shit ton of money at you to make this thing for our console that no one wants, but xbox name has a lot of staying power so. It's going to be easy yeah. to just get people to work with it.
0: Also, furthermore, Microsoft make their own yeah. games. Yeah, that is also true. And I think it's
2: also fair to say that it all runs on the same architecture as the Xbox. So whereas Google trying to get people to put games on Stadia have to rebuild the games for the Stadia architecture, the games for, for, for Xbox Game Pass, they're already done. They just go, yep, yeah, there it is. yeah.
0: all round a good a good thing to be honest which you know keeping the good stuff rolling richard and clank rift apart has done phenomenally well in terms of you know reviews etc but also no crunch in the studio
1: which is yeah completely unheard of in which we can only hope is going to kick off this happening with more developers because it's, it kind of ties back into the, this is going to come round, it's going to come round, I, I promise. Uh, it kind of ties back into the restaurants, not, like, actually not being able to find many workers and then going, hey, we're actually going to offer you a bigger wage to get you back in and working. Except now, everyone's happier because they don't have to work two jobs to keep a roof over their houses and companies are now realising that, hey, if we keep our employees happy and busy and, like, treat them well, they do good work.
0: Who'd have thought? I
1: know, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's odd that a game that has done phenomenally well... No, was was really hyped up, granted, as well. Like, it was really hyped up and has done really well, had no crunch in Ratchet & Clank, but then cyberpunk 2077 Mm. which was also really hyped up and did have crunch and arrived in what can only be described as a shit yeah i
1: have never in the time that i've been playing games seen a game withdrawn from playstation because it was so bad and so broken that wasn't from like some indie pub with two people that never bug tested it
0: yeah, it's, it's it's ludicrous. So, like, I'm I'm with you on this. I I hope that this is a turning point. I, I don't think it will be because it's the games industry, but <laughs> that this will be a turning point in crunch in which it just stops happening because it needs to stop happening because it's not it's not a good look. Yeah, let's be honest. And I just hope that more AAA developers follow insomniac's lead on this and stop being such bastards to their staff mm
1: -hmm. and one of my best friends uh she's been working on returnal for quite a while now and apparently the last like month of just before they went gold was all crunch and you can see how it was affecting her in so many ways and it was actually heartbreaking so i just yeah i hope this is the
0: turning point but like going back to your restaurant now, uh, your, your restaurant analogy, which is actually kind of perfect. Um, having your staff well rested and happy creates better Absolutely. end products. Mm. That's quantifiable. And and I just uh, it just it, was,
1: me, it, it kind of showed as well because I saw um I when when the f- like f- news first dropped of it that there was no crunch i looked around and I was like okay i'm going to look on twitter see what like the actual developers themselves are saying on their own like little personal accounts and there were people that were so happy with the like workplace uh atmosphere and stuff that they were actually voluntarily giving their days up rather than be going like rather than developers going hey you need to spend x amount of overtime and you need to be here for this amount of time people are going no i actually want to come in and spend some of my off time working on this and that's incredible (laughs) that's the sort of place you want to be working in
0: yep not only that but like um that should still be rewarded Mm, yeah and still be paid
2: and you know i get the Um, feeling you know you go back to sort of games developed in the 90s. And that I think that's kind of where crunch did start. You know, these, you know, these small developers where people were really passionate about the project and they volunteered. And then as these companies got bigger and bigger, they were like, well, you did it last time. You got to do it this time. You got to keep, and then it just gets worse and worse and worse. So although yes, it's great that they're kind of volunteering to do that. You, you've just got to make sure it doesn't fall into that slippery slope of being enforced next time because they did it the first time.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, just because Crunch wasn't spoken about in the nineties doesn't mean it didn't happen. This is this is very likely been a rot that's been in the games industry for since its inception. Um, but speaking of rot, CDPR. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. we'd we'll get back to Jeff um, Keeley. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff oh, Keighley will have his that, I'm
2: sure.
0: We've got plenty to say about him. Um, so cdpr had a data link uh, a data leak that um supposedly might include employee data, so cdpr are continuing to be bastards to their staff like well, I mean <clears throat> I don't necessarily want to blame
2: cdpr for this because it it's you know it's not good when any developer or studio gets hacked you know this it does happen it's unfortunate they should perhaps have had better security. But it's the people doing their hacking that have now leaked that data that includes employees. They're the bastards in this situation
0: because the employees don't deserve that at all. No, I agree. Um, I mean, it is right that the, the, the true bastards in this situation are the are the hackers. But as you said yourself, CDPR should have had better security on this um, because data on people is incredibly important and if cdpr were in the uk because of obviously on it in all fairness they should be facing some sort of gdpr because that's a european yeah they're polish, they're polish aren't they? initiative
2: <clears throat> uh
0: yeah so they should be facing some sort of gdpr issue yeah, about they, this they
2: possibly very well are it's probably just not reported about over here because it's a matter between i guess cdpr and the polish government
0: true yeah. true true well the British
2: legal system, I suppose.
0: Um, but like, my God, <laughs> just, just they like that company just cannot catch a break, can it? Let's be honest.
1: I mean, they kind of cause they kind of cause it for themselves. <laughs>
0: but true, they have caused pretty much all of their all of yeah. their issues themselves. Um. And with
1: the constant shit they get with the G2A and stuff like that, it's not going to get any better for them anytime soon. <laughs> Every single article that I pulled up talking on this, uh, CD project CD have not commented back to anyone. So I guess that kind of shows how seriously they're taking it in-house at least.
0: Or that they just don't think um, they yeah. want it any more bad publicity than the stuff they've already brought upon themselves. Yeah. Um, We might as well continue with the bad news for a little bit. (laughs) So, I don't know whether this is resolved. I couldn't find any news on it being resolved, but Nintendo Switch apparently is not allowing downloads following a system update.
2: No. um, This... From what I understand, or from what I've seen online, um, Nintendo are saying it's resolved uh, and have provided some steps for people to go through that are still encountering issues. But from what I understand, people are still encountering issues despite following these steps.
0: Okay, so is this a similar thing to the Joy-Con thing? <laughs> yeah, possibly. Where Nintendo are just like, there isn't an issue with this. It's just like, you cunts, there is. Yes.
2: Um, I mean, not, not ideal timing for people not to be able to download stuff from the eShop um, because undoubtedly, you know, in the direct next week, there will be at least one thing where they go, and this is available in the store. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> this presentation. Yeah. It looks and like people can't yeah they have
0: stuff, for that. It
1: looks like it's linked to yeah. X, uh, SDXC cards, which is kind of a very niche thing that they obviously couldn't pick up, like, might not have been able to pick up during bug testing. And then once you sent it out and the hundreds of thousands of people were using SDXE cards get hands on it. They're like, hey, you didn't test for this shit, did you?
0: <laughs> just, like, it just seems that there's, and this is the worst possible time, as Mark said, because of E3, so many people that, so many companies that didn't, in the industry are just misstepping at the moment yeah Mm. um which perfectly leads on to discussing one of my personal favorites activision oh my god um,
2: we love activision
0: we we do on this podcast we love activision um so they are now just a cod studio All of them. Every single dev that works for them is now a COD studio. And I can't help but think that's a slight um, mistake.
2: Yeah, I mean, what's that thing Um, about putting all of your eggs in one basket?
0: I mean, I didn't even think of it that way, but that is true. Um, But, like, they've put so many devs with so many different kind of creative energies, essentially, Onto just Call of Duty. And it's Activision. So if the studios don't perform, they'll just close them down. Mm. Because, you know, Activision doesn't doesn't get as bad a rep for closing down studios as EA. But Activision Activision are, you know, they're getting there. Mm. They're like like the B-villain. They are. (laughs) Although, you
2: know, I think EA have also been on a bit of a redemption arc recently for that kind of thing. Um, They seem to be much better at keeping studios is it a redemption arc or just flying under the radar well yeah. bit of both yeah. maybe uh, i
0: don't think we can i don't think we can call it a redemption arc for ea until they stop using fucking loot boxes
1: oh that's not going to happen <laughs> it's making them too much money
0: precisely so no redemption arc for you
1: like kind of bringing that background um activision like putting all that shit into card is we we kind of should have seen it coming, honestly. Like since uh, Battle. Net is, I think, the first kind of show of this, where up until extremely recently, the only third party games in Battle.net were four Call of Duty games. They only added Crash Bandicoot very recently, and I think that was kind of maybe the first telling
2: point of this. Mm. They did have uh, they did have Destiny in there for a while um, until it went. until it went to Steam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I think. I mean, I will. I will give Activision this though. I mean, like Call of Duty. The recent Call of Duty games are such a Frankenstein's monster. Um, it baffles me that they work at all, and yet somehow they do.
1: It's
2: um, it's it's the same yeah, template. Yeah, same though.
1: template. People know what they like: shooty, pointy, clean. No, I mean, I mean from a
2: technical point of view, it surprises oh, yeah. me they work at all. They've got like they've got like like six. Different bits of this game made by ten different studios, and yet somehow it still manages to come together to play to, to form something that works. And I just don't understand how.
1: I do not envy their bug searching teams.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. Eldritch magic. Let's call it that. It's the only <laughs> way I can. It's the only rationalisation I can give it. Um, the
1: only thing I think. The, the only thing th- positive I think might be able to come from this little entire fiasco is that we get some stupid, like, little... I don't know, Call of Duty platformer or Call of Duty fucking pet-raising game. Just because I think that would be really oh personally God. funny. That's it.
0: <laughs> what if they had, like... Like, this is going completely off-piste, but, like, that should be expected by... from listeners of this podcast by now. Um, but, like, what if they, like, did, like, a really bizarre crossover? Like... Call of Duty pilot wings um, or wave race. Like just, just bring in a really fucking obscure um, IP that, you know, the, the original developer never uses anymore. I like that both and of your obscure combined...
2: IP choices there when Nintendo yeah. has <laughs> obscure IP choices. Yes,
0: because yes, because Nintendo more than most has so many dead or languishing IPs that they're just Metric. not fucking using. <clears throat> Don't they, they
2: don't upset me like this. Listen, um,
1: I I made it my just, aim to be want to have you both wanting to strangle me by 20 minutes in.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> and we are 20 minutes in pretty much. Congrats. Um yeah, it's, it's just because Nintendo have so many dead 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 IPs. That's that's the reason they, they're the first to come to mind. Um I mean they're not quite as bad as Konami for that. Um, that's because when Konami do try out their dead IPs They trot them out in the worst fucking way possible So, completely different um, issue Aren't
2: all of Konami's IPs now dead IPs Apart
0: from Their football game Pro Evolution suck so- Yeah, I think so um, Because after Metal Gear Rising They're never bringing that fucking <laughs> franchise back again Hey, don't forget um, Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> Oh yay Wait isn't Yu-Gi-Oh published by Bandai no, though? Oh wow! Okay, so they've got Yu-Gi-Oh and Pro Evolution Soccer. They're doing <laughs> great. Um, so a piece, a, a new story that only has like one sentence that any of us seem to know about it. Nintendo are turning a former factory into a museum. In I mean, I think that's kind of. I cool,
1: mean, but because yeah,
0: it is cool. Yeah.
2: It can nip over to Japan and visit Nintendo World at Universal Studios, and then, and then go to the Nintendo Museum. Yeah,
1: I mean they started what was like I a would
2: little, be all up for this. Yeah, trip. they
1: started what was like a little card, like a playing card company. So you can just like see the history of Nintendo. I think that's pretty cool.
2: And in fact, I think that yep. is what that factory was oh. used for originally. I think it was a factory where they manufactured their playing cards. I
0: believe. Well, there we go. I mean, that's just yeah. cool. That is just cool. Um, and like, if I was in Japan, if I find myself in Japan in 2024 or, you know, past that, I'll visit. Yeah, of course I will. Um. So just a few more bits in um, the quick fire. Uh, Sony have U-turned on God of War and Gran Turismo 7, which they said originally were not coming to PS4 and were only coming to PS5. They've U-turned. They're now coming to both. I think the biggest
2: U-turn here, though, is that right at the beginning of this uh, generation, uh, at the reveal of the consoles, Sony were very much banging the drum of we believe in next generation, we believe in, you know, like almost like a, a cut between this is the past generation this is the next generation, and now pretty much every major next gen game is getting a release on PS4 except
0: Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart Literally is is it just, at, at this point, is it just Demon Souls and Rift Apart? Oh, and Returnal actually, and Returnal. Okay, so it's there. There, are three PS5 games. <laughs> yeah,
2: but you've got you've got uh, you know, Miles Morales came to the PS4, uh, Forbidden, the uh, Horizon Forbidden West has come to the PS4, God of War is coming to the PS4, GT Seven is PS4, and I think a lot of this probably now they've probably had their kind of hands forced a little bit by. Uh, this kind of global chip shortage and how difficult it is for people to get hold of the ps5 during the pandemic and they just realize that they're going to have so many people that really want to play these games and just physically cannot get the console but it's i think it's kind of forced their hand yeah i it.
1: mean it, it, it all in the end comes down to uh shotgun shotgun money money sound effects and they've they've kind of, they've realized yep. that that market is there and they have just gone oh we've realized this market is there let's tap into it but if i mean it Means that more people can play the games,
0: so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, think- there's absolutely no issue with that. No, I mean, yeah, there's no issue with that at all. I mean, more people being able to play these games is a great thing. My only concern is if these games have been initially only intended to be on next gen or current gen, however you want to refer to it. How much of a hit are they going to take?
2: Yeah, because if you look at something like R- Ratchet and Clank. Um, there's just no way that that would ever have worked on the previous generation of the console because of the, the whole way that it loads in entire levels dynamically, instantaneously when you open these portals up. And that just would not have been possible on a PS4. So you've got to think about how they might have to be reining in all these great ideas just to shoehorn these games onto the previous generation.
0: You know, this sounds suspiciously like if we just jump back a gem. This sounds suspiciously like when they tried to bring games to all of the platforms and Wii U oh at the same God, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the hit that the Wii U versions yeah. took was just oh so bad sometimes. Um I mean I'm glad that we're all sitting down for this because this next news piece is is a shock. Far Cry six is actually political.
1: Oh, and it's not it's not gamer political either it's actually political
0: (laughs) yep and this is after ages of Ubisoft you know well ages of Ubisoft just generally being sexually abusing cunts and also saying that their games are not political um, they have finally admitted and also saying Far Cry 6 was not political despite you know the brazen political (laughs) themes in the trailers uh, they've now admitted that Far Cry 6 is political
1: much to the chagrin of capital g gamers
0: yeah because they don't want politics in games and they are stupid (laughs) because you cannot divorce politics from video games i'm sorry you just cannot
2: it just doesn't Um,
0: work it just doesn't work um so yeah i mean far cry and now they're really leaning into the fact it's political though that's the thing that's getting on my nerves They're so leaning into this as a selling point for the game.
1: We're we're the first ones to fully admit it, so buy our game.
0: i just fuck off Ubisoft. (laughs) Um, Should we get that
2: emblazoned on a t-shirt for you, Ruben?
0: Oh, yeah, honestly, if you get fuck off Ubisoft emblazoned on a t-shirt, I'll wear that every day. Um, You know, talk
1: to me after the episode, I will make it for you.
0: Excellent. There you go. (laughs) first first artificial merch of the podcast <laughs> um so from one fr- from one fuck off to another horizon forbidden west
2: mm mm-hmm.
0: right i have i have a thing to say about this um i've not watched this i've not watched the 15 minutes of gameplay and the reason i haven't is because i tuned in to what was a 4 hour fucking countdown to the footage do you honestly think i was going to tune it after that no
1: Yeah, I mean, I played the first one. I was like, oh, this is a good game. I'm not going to play a sequel, though.
2: Why did you tune in four hours early? I'm confused.
0: Because that's when the... Well, no, the thing started... I didn't know, but the thing... But the countdown started five hours before the reveal. Um, So I ended up finding out about it and tuning in four hours before the reveal. But... I was looking, like, essentially what it was is it was basically just atmospheric music, noise, whatever you want to call it. And essentially what was a Windows fucking screensaver. And in the top left-hand corner, it had a timer. And I was like, right, this must be like four minutes until the, uh, until, until the reveal. And then I saw it click down. I was like, that ain't four minutes. And when, I, when it clicked to me, it was four hours. I was like, oh, fuck this shit. Yeah. I am not sitting around. <laughs> Um, I mean, I just tuned
2: in at the time it was advertised and watched it. And you know what, I really loved the first Horizon game. I can't wait for the second one. It looks great. I thought Aloy was a great character. Um and I want to see more of that world. I mean at the s- I'll
0: probably oh, play at it. the
1: same time though, I'm like with that countdown, I'm glad it wasn't one of those stupid, like, artificial countdowns they put on and it's like they do a what a community highlight or a pre-highlight game reel where you're just sat there watching stupid bullshit for half an hour before it starts and you're just like you could have just put the actual thing, Start the actual yeah. thing. you could have just put yeah. the actual thing an hour an a- hour early and I wouldn't have had to sit through all of this. Dead by Daylight 5th anniversary, I'm like- looking at you
0: Or do you mean like the Game Awards pre-show? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is going to be a fun episode. Um, so, find a bit of find a bit of quick fire news. The Sonic anniversary stream. Um, so we saw. Uh, oh god, there was several things. Uh, they announced the Sonic concert, which is happening during Summer Games Fest, which we'll get to. Um, Sonic Colors Ultimate, which is a great deal, I think, for me because you know Sonic Colors is so either hard or expensive to find now because retro games have become ludicrously expensive. Um a retro Sonic collection that's coming in 2022 for whatever fucking reason. Yeah that's not that as that if it like, me. This is
2: the this is what, the 30th anniversary of Sonic this year. And they've got a collection of four really old Sonic games running in an emulator, but it's not coming out till next year?
0: I mean what the fuck is that about? Yeah I mean it's not as if it's hard like it like I could I could literally, after this podcast, I could go onto like, I don't know, an emulator site, and I could find all four of those games in the space of about three minutes, and that's being generous, and be playing them all within five minutes, and yet this collection of these four games isn't coming till next year. What the fuck? So,
1: as as you started saying Um, this bit, I opened up the Play Store on my phone. And started downloading the Sonic things. They are all downloaded, and I could play them right
2: now.
0: <laughs> it's like <laughs> just what? Like I just don't understand how they've managed to miss the mark so much. On yeah, they missed the
2: anniversary by an entire year for their retro game collection. I mean, say what you will about Mario 3D All Stars, but at least it came out at the right time. <laughs> yeah, is that how yeah. low we're keeping um, the bar now? <laughs> <laughs> they can't e- can't even reach that bar no <laughs>
0: <laughs> the bar is very low um and yet they and then there was just then there was just a new sonic game and um some other things sonic related but like i must admit all of the gaming anniversaries because we're hitting some big gaming anniversaries this year and 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 also tail end of last year and all of them have been shit Mm-hmm.
1: When's the Bubsy anniversary?
0: <laughs> if they don't celebrate that I'm going to be very disappointed <laughs> who, um, who even owns the Bubsy license? <laughs> I'm
2: going to look that up now
0: Um, But like Yeah, the Mario 35th was a bit lacklustre Zelda's 35th Is at this point just Skyward Sword I mean I feel
2: um, I, I have a strong suspicion that I, That would be changing as of Tuesday next week Based on a bunch of rumours But
0: I hope so too, um, because Zelda deserves better. Like Resident Evil's twenty twentieth was it twentieth or twenty fifth was this year as well, and that was celebrated with reverse, which is all right, but come the fuck on, Capcom. Um, And there's one more that I've missed. Oh, I mean, oh, Sonic. Sorry, Sonic. Yeah, Sonic.
2: I mean, I, I can't let it go without saying that it's also the metroid 35th anniversary this year
0: yeah and we've had fuck all like there's so many big gaming anniversaries this year and it's it seems that the the devs either aren't willing or don't care enough to put in the effort that they may have done in the past i mean mario's 25th is it 25th 25th or 20th was like a big deal and the thirty fifth is just. Kind oh, of don't forget, in.
1: they showed a four like, on screen a few years ago. That's good enough for the Metroid fans, right? That'll keep you happy.
0: <laughs> I think the only, th- I think the only thing which would work in terms of making Mark happy is if Metroid Prime Four is part of the M- Metroid thirty fifth, which makes sense.
2: It makes sense, but I don't think but- it will happen.
0: No, neither do I. I think it's still too far out. But anyway. Also,
1: Accolade still own the Bubsy
2: license. Do they still exist?
1: Yeah. Uh, the, late, the latest wow. Bubsy game was in
0: 2019. Okay. I guess, I, I guess it's not so much that um, they graciously own it, it's more that they continue to be inflicted with it. <laughs> um, God, Bubsy, what, a, <laughs> what an IP that is. Um, but that's it for the quick fire news for this episode. So... I think it might be time to get to know our guest host a little bit more with some simply the guest. You're simply the guest.
1: Better than all the rest is what I would say if I had an ego. I'm I don't. S- <laughs>
0: I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you sang. We've we've got this consistent <laughs> thing that's happened with the podcast that I think every podcast guest has sung. <laughs> and the book they've well, done this which is, section, yeah, which is absolutely excellent. Um, but the whole purpose of this is uh, of this section is to yeah. is, is to get to know you a little better and your and your gaming history. So I'm going to just throw yeah. a few questions at your way, which um, I've I've already sent over b- before. And yeah, uh, just answer how you will. Uh, so we'll start off with, you know, simple, nice easy one. What uh, what was your first video game?
1: Oh, this is a question. I, I, I was thinking about this before recently because I was talking about a few friends with it. And to my knowledge, the first game I ever played was Emperor's New Groove on the PS1. Which isn't a normal answer. But it's the, f- it's the no, one I remember. No, yet. that is...
0: <laughs> that is a I mean, how serious. was that game? I, do- I-, I-, I never played it. How was it?
1: <laughs> I could not tell you. I- I'd have to go and, like, try and find it again now to, like, see how it's held up. The only other one that might have been a possibility was a Toy Story PC game. But I'm pretty sure it was Emperor's New Groove on the PS1 because I fucking love that film
0: as as you should like that's easily one of the best films in disney's stable
2: i'm going to keep quiet on this subject because i'm in a minority
0: (laughs) damn right you should (laughs) (laughs) no one criticizes emperors new groove um okay that was a complete surprise i didn't really expect (laughs) that um so what is your most anticipated game release at the moment
1: See, that's a really difficult one because with this, a lot of the stuff that's coming out recently, I've just not. I've I've looked at it and I've begun. Oh yeah, that looks good. I'm not going to get it though. That looks good. Uh. So a lot of it's like a lot of smaller little things, or DLC that's get added to a game that I already I'm already playing. But I think the cop out answer is Endwalker. <laughs>
2: That is not a cop-out answer. That's definitely, definitely not a cop-out answer.
1: Yeah, but I...
0: I think both me and Mark agree on that.
1: The, I, yeah. I, I came in with Emperor's New Groove, and then I came then switch to Endwalker. So... <laughs> From surprising to expected. I,
0: I mean, Endwalker DLC featuring Cusco. when... <laughs> <laughs> I I want to have... I, I don't want... I, Oh, my God, Cusco as a minion on the moon would be amazing. Oh, my God. I mean, I would. I get that. I mean, I I would buy that. Um, But let's be realistic. Disney are never going to allow that. Um, If if Yoshi P would ever consider it, that is. but um, Which I doubt. I mean, Um,
2: he's, he's stuck near in there. Um, you know, they could do a Kingdom Hearts crossover that then led to Emperor's New Groove. I'm at cu- cu- th- c- straws th- here, but
0: I think that Kingdom Hearts would be a really tough one to bring into um, fourteen. The I simply because it, there's so many licenses involved. Yeah, with I that. was talking to. Oh, a,
1: yeah, I was talking to my FC. And we were talking. We were just talking about crossovers, and I uttered a very, very cursed one that I had a dream about, which was hilarious to me. So they were talking about like what things, like things that could actually happen, and things they wanted to see. And I just leaned into the microphone and went. So I had a dream about a Final Fantasy fourteen Homestuck crossover.
0: <laughs> what the fuck? How would that? To which that's such a nebulous idea. To
1: which, I was completely floored by a friend saying, "Imagine having to farm Vriska Savage."
0: Just. There. There is so much to unpack. Yeah, on I that. know. Not only as a concept, but the fact that you had a dream yeah. about it. And also, I can see that Mark looks very lost right now. No idea. That's for the best. Um, Yeah, you are better off not knowing, I think. Um, But the the fact I could
1: get one of you with that is enough for me.
0: (laughs) So, what would you say is your greatest gaming accomplishment? Uh, I
1: have a humble, not humble, brag about this one. So, uh, I'm assuming a lot of people aren't uh, too familiar with them, but I'm assuming you've at least heard of, like, Fallen London, Sunless Sea, and Sunless Skies, that kind of, like, trilogy, made by, uh, who ele- like, from Alexis Kennedy, who also does stuff like Culture Simulator. There yep. is Staying a... a uh... Alternate path, so to speak, in Sunless Sea called the Carnelian Exile storyline. So, a, a kind of flip back question, so I can continue the story. What's the hardest, like, game mode, so to speak, or like game experience that you two have ever experienced?
2: The hardest game mode. Well, I mean, I was attempted to play Bloodborne, and that was enough. Um, like, in terms of my actual uh, sort of accomplishing things, uh, I would say probably um, successfully playing Diablo 3 on some of the
0: really high Torment difficulty yeah. levels. And I don't know, because, like, whenever I think of that... No, you know what? The hardest the hardest thing I've ever had to overcome in a game was the Orphan of Coz in fucking Bloodborne, so that can go...
1: So the way I the way I describe the Carnelian Exile storyline to people that like haven't played Sunless Sea etc is I usually take the like the Halo series and take the legend like people always complain about Legendary and have like mm-hmm. the, have that as their standpoint for a really hard game. So imagine doing Halo Legendary on like a kind of a normal difficulty setting, but part way in the game goes, "Hmm, I'm going to put lots of really bullshit weird restrictions on you. You can only do this level with one bullet." You can only do this level with one shield and one hit point. And that goes on for 200 hours. And if you make even a single mistake, that captain's career ends there and you have to start it all over again. That is the Carnelian exile storyline in Sunless Sea. And I've done it.
0: (laughs) Is that an accomplishment or is that a reason to be... um... Do you, yeah. Do you, do you actually just hate yourself? Because that
2: just sounds like punishment. that's between my therapist and me. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know what to say to that. Well, well done, I suppose. Uh, but it just wow, too much, too much for me. I'll stick, my, I'll stick like... to playing the majority of my games on easy. Oh, I do, I
1: answer. do most of that. But when it comes to games that have like. Such like deep and incredible lore and the seas, and the skies, etc. I go all in.
0: Yeah, I mean you you do on you do on some games like that. I think because um, I it took me a very long time to to, to accept playing games on easy, um, but now like quite a few games I do play on easy because I don't care. Um, Certain games I still only play on the default setting, like Resident Evil, for me, that's a default setting game. Um, and Dark Souls doesn't have a fucking difficulty setting. Um, but, like, I play games to enjoy myself yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So. It's
1: the reason I don't do Savage so Raid like, 14.
0: <laughs> I do do Savage Raid, and I can tell you it's not an enjoyable exactly. time. Um, uh, but, well it's it's not an enjoyable time to do it but like it's all about the people with that so as as long as i'm like even if i'm playing a game i'm not enjoying per se as a game the right people can make can make or break whether i continue playing it or whether i enjoy it or not Mm -hmm. Fortnite, (laughs) um yeah i mean i was playing on my own last night but like most of last night I was playing with people and it's much more enjoyable um so one last question Go for ahead. you what game series would you love to see revived
1: see that's a difficult one because my favorite game series if i had to pick one is probably the final fantasy spin-offs which is a weird which is kind of a weird thing cuz um the game i've got the most time in that isn't team fortress 2 is Fun Fancy Tactics A Two, the DS game? I have over six thousand hours in that game, and I'm not proud of that, but I also am at the same time. <laughs> um, but in terms of, I mean, if you love it, why absolutely. Not? In terms of revive, like a revival, Mega Man Battle Network. I love okay that series, and it's so. It's a game that you don't find that sort of combat system or those sort of mechanics done much. The only thing that's come out recently that even attempts to imitate it is One Step from Eden. And that was basically bought by people who liked Mega Man Battle Network. <laughs> so yeah, that will be my answer. Mega Man Battle Network. Bring it back. Give me a full Switch version. And I'll buy both separate versions and, you know, all my time out to that again. That was
0: unexpected. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've not he- I've not heard Battle Ma- I've not heard Mega Man Battle Network be uttered by a person <laughs> in years. Yeah. Um,
2: and I, I also assume that your original choice was going to be Busby, bu- Bubsby until you realised that the last game was only two years ago. I own well, all.
0: it still all Bubsy needs games. a revival. The last game was two years ago. <laughs> yeah,
2: I own all the Bubsy games, so. <laughs>
1: It started as a joke and then kind of just evolved into like, yeah, he's a, he's a funky little cat. He's kind of cool,
0: and that's about it. <laughs> I love how like there are like like, like Mark, uh, as as long as he doesn't mind me saying Mark with Lego for instance, and um and with Spider Man, like what I what I would class as a geeky but somewhat sensible <laughs> collection, and then you with Robson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, I'm a sp- I'm a speedrunner, right? Oh. And I've chosen completely esoteric games to latch onto to speedrun. Let's put it that way. <laughs> my sure. my main speed yes. game is powering just lightspeed rescue on the PS1. <laughs> <laughs> that is
0: a choice. <laughs> but, you know, you never get any judgment from us. Um so, as the last, as the last kind of like part of this segment, um, we just wanted basically just to to say, like, if you wanted to promote anything, anything that you do on the internet or anything that you do wider in terms of community, cool. be our guest.
1: Um, well, I the other thing I do mostly that I'm kind of trying to get myself out there with is I play. I have a D and D podcast. Well, not I play in it. It's called City and Snow. I play uh, Hannah Mothwatcher, the fighter with seven intelligence. She is as she has less brain cells than fingers, and I love playing her. Um, <laughs> first episode, I think it's in the first episode. I'm not sure how they're edited. Uh, a was trying to get away, and her, in her infinite intelligence, she decides, "I've got an idea." Runs up to it and puts it in a headlock.
0: I mean, I yep. a choice.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 it's a, <laughs> that's it, the main thing I do. It's a choice, <laughs> and she's incredibly fun to um, play. So, people I play with are great, and so yeah, twitter.com a city in snow or on any of your favorite podcast websites. I love that <laughs> line.
0: <laughs> but yes, okay, so check out a city, a city, city in snow. snow. Yeah. Was that? Yeah. So there you go, another podcast for you folk to listen to. And that is the end of Simply the Guest. So our big news, our big topic for this one... <laughs> I is can hear the grin on your the, face. <laughs> ...is the semi-annual Jeff Keighley wank-off, essentially, um, <laughs> with some against The fact Fest. that he
1: gets to do it more than once a year is really... A, it's oh, a hate t- crime against me. <laughs>
0: It's a hate hand time against all of us. <laughs> um, oh, the fact we have to put up with that man twice a year. Um, and he did it
1: during Pride Month as well. Like, come on.
0: <laughs> Pride Month and he stepped on the toes of E3. Like, get fucked, <laughs> Keely. Um, so this was essentially exactly the same as the game awards in a lot of ways in that it was just a sequence of, and I use this term as loosely as Keely does world premieres of, um, of games basically. And in long chats with his friends and people that tolerate him and, um, mostly trailers. Um, so the biggest, the biggest one, easily we could say the biggest one in terms of the one that's got the most response, *Elden Ring*. Um, the new From Software game with George R.R. R. Martin involved is coming out in in January. It looks alright. I mean, From I'm- Software games
2: aren't really for me. They're not really my thing. I'm not. I certainly wasn't fussed by that announcement, but I'm, you know, happy for everybody else that has been looking forward to this for about as long as I've been looking forward to more details on Metroid Prime Four.
1: I've I've got a friend who absolutely loves FromSoft games, Bloodborne, etc., all of that, and I could hear her screaming across the Atlantic when when this announcement came out. So
0: it's just a shame that Keeley got that announcement. Don't you enjoy? Um,
1: don't you enjoy hearing
0: world premiere?
1: 80 times in the no. same minute
0: <laughs> no it gives me it gives me horrible flashbacks to that e3 uh that e3 xbox conference which i'm pretty sure you will you will both remember that was literally world premiere about three million times in about 40 minutes and it was just too much um yeah, I, I I'm the same. I love the Soulsborne games. Mark knows this. It knows this very well. I will end up playing Elden Ring, but from what I saw, I'm just like this. Just looks like more. Yeah, dark. It's more which of the same. Which isn't a bad which is, thing. Can't go miss. Good, 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 and bad. Yeah, yeah. Precisely, it is good and bad. Um, other than that, is there anything? Because that was the big one. Is there anything that you two particularly latched onto um, with Summer Game Fest?
2: I I was I I will admit, uh, Ruben <clears throat> knows this. We we we've played a bit of Borderlands two together. Um, it's kind of fun nonsense, but not great. But I was intrigued by the idea of Tiny Tina's Wonderland, which was basically Borderlands, but like sort of crossed with D and D tropes.
1: I'm I'm so mixed on Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I'm. I like Borderlands. I like the writing style. I know, I know. Um, I like the writing style, and I like Tiny Tina as a character. But having her for an entire game, it's yeah, either going to get
0: you a bit much. But yeah,
1: it's either going to be really gonna be bit, good, or I'm going to want to bash my brains out
2: with a brick after an hour. She's going to be like the the claptrap of her own game.
1: Oh,
2: so you know, hopefully she will. She'll only be there like occasionally, like. It's small doses it's yeah. fine, but I am I was more intri- intrigued with the whole sort of uh, looser shooter concept, but in a and d yeah. style universe with dragons and magic and demons and things. I just think it looks like it could be really fun.
1: I'm also glad Ashley Birch is getting voice work. She does good work with her voices.
0: She does. That is also very true. I mean, conversely, I hate twenty-two. <laughs> which, which, Mark I mean, knows. you hated
2: pretty much every character in that game.
0: They're so unlikable.
2: It really is in many ways. I I certainly understand why, where you're coming from, but as a the game bit though is is mostly quite fun. Oh, though. the central
1: feedback loop of the Borderlands series is really good.
2: Yeah, the whole you know it, it's very similar to the the the, the gameplay loop of. Diablo, which I also love, you know. Go out, kill hundreds of creatures in a semi-randomly uh, generated place and get loot and find the loot that's better than the loot you already yep. have.
0: Repeat. <laughs> Take anything from um, Mula?
1: Taking a look. I mean, I'm happy about Children of like coming to Switch, quite frankly. I really like Sky. I've been playing it for a while on my phone ever since... Uh, American friend like recommended it to me and I was waiting for her to come to Android. Now it's coming out on Switch and mm-hmm. I'm gonna have more people to play it with, which I'm happy with. Simple little things.
0: I mean more people exactly. to play a game with is always a win, basically. Um, which is why I'm always a fan of multi platform and crossplay. Yes. But that's a that that's still a that's still not a hundred percent crossplay. No, that's still not
2: everything. still dicks about it. Yeah, but that's a story for another time. Um, I I really liked the look of Two Point Campus.
0: Oh, I of course you did. I really I really enjoyed
2: <laughs> uh, Two Point Hospital. I thought it was great. Um, and I think another game in that series is both well overdue and. I like that they've picked something that, to my knowledge, hasn't really been done before. Like you've had like theme park simulators and hospital simulators and city building simulators and prison building simulators. But I don't know specifically that there's ever been a university building simulator. So it's it's something a bit different.
1: I watched a video on one a while ago, but I can't remember what it was called. So the fact that this is like one of the big, like a big upcoming one is probably pretty good for that genre as a whole.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only one I can think of that's even close is Valthyrian arc. Um, but that, the campus building thing was part of the yeah. game. Wasn't the like whole, it, yeah, wasn't the thrust yeah, of was. Game. It Yeah, it was in kind of two parts. One, one part was a kind of isometric 3D kind of hack and slash adventure. And the other half was the building the campus and the students of the campus went out on the adventure and it had that kind of loop. Mm -hmm. So this is the only one I can think of that is and also will have more depth to it than Valfirion Arc had in terms of building the campus. The only thing that intrigues me about that trailer is um, and the thing that I'm just like, I would like more information on is how these different time zones thing works. Like, are all of these time zones of the campus happening simultaneously, like the medieval one with the wizards and the modern one? Or do you, in each level, go through time zones of different campuses? Either way, I, I'd be fine with it. I kind but... of
2: just assumed that they were lessons that were offered by the university at that point in time. So it, there are there are lessons on being a wizard and a knight as much as there are lessons on being a scientist or whatever. I, because, you know... I, If you play Two Point Hospital, like some of the weird diseases, it's all just bonkers nonsense, you know? So it kind of fits,
0: really. Um, One thing I would like to draw attention to um, is um, Among Us, Um, which has obviously, as we all know, had a surge of popularity during lockdown. Um, But. Clearly they're paying attention they're, they're paying attention to what's going on in the world because they're adding the kind of player or a version of the player made hide and seek mode
2: mm-hmm.
0: to the game, which is a great addition. Um, as well as adding new roles to make it even more like werewolf than it already fucking was. Um, new map colours, and also, of course, because this is the semi annual Jeff Keely Rankoff, <laughs> Jeff Keighley's mask is being re added to the game.
1: Great, another place where I have to um, be reminded he exists.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and the thing is, like, though, the thing I would find it—I've got a similar thing with um, with with Fortnite. So I'm going to go. I'm going to cycle out a little bit and then come back. You <laughs> know, in a way. But like, I have the same thing with Jeff Keighley's mask in Among Us that I have with the fact that Rick Sanchez has been added as a skin to Fortnite. In that. If someone killed me with the Rick Sanchez skin on, I'd be so much more annoyed <laughs> than I would be if any other person had killed me. And it's the same with Among Us. If someone with Jeff, the Jeff Keighley mask on kills me in Among Us, I'm going to be so angry.
1: <laughs> uh, the the Fortnite... Like, no, 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 I won't. I won't. I won't. I could go on a whole separate thing for that with the IPs of Fortnite, but I'm not going keep it, to keep
2: it straight and narrow. <laughs>
0: Not that um, I can do anything straight, but, you but yeah.
2: But I think it, it is, you know, like you said, Ruben, it's great that the developers of Among Us are looking at what the community is doing with their game and then building out more options to make those things kind of more possible to play in a way, in different ways that the community are already trying to play a game that's not designed to be played in that way.
0: Yeah. Um, and also the, the new roles. That, that may change the game entirely, to mm-hmm. be fair, um, because Werewolf is a very interesting game that has a lot of different kind of <clears throat> gameplay things going on at the same time. So uh, it's interesting to see that they are branching out in that regard. And also it'll be interesting to see what they do next, because they were obviously going to make Among Us 2 before um, the original Among Us kind of sprung up. So maybe they might just take this, take this money and... D- develop something entirely new, yeah, maybe. which would
1: be nice. Yeah, use it as seed money to like actually work on something that they really, really want to, rather than. But I guess I mean the original, the original was a passion project anyway, so
0: yeah. I but it's a passion project which has now really <clears throat> yeah. paid dividends. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm going to be... which
0: is the best kind of project, right?
1: I'm going to be a bit of a mm. contrarian voice here. Um, I the fact that Among Us got so popular was because it was a simple version of a hidden of hidden role games in general. And I'm a little worried about what adding the extra rolls is gonna do. Cause the the fact they simple like they simplified it down and made it so accessible is pretty great. And that was that can springboard people into looking for more like hidden role games, tabletop games, etc. I just I it might it might be push push some people away.
2: My hope is that this is much like with things like the werewolves, card get bored, you know, party game, that these, op- these roles are all optional. So if yeah. you want to play, you know, classic Among Us, that's still possible. And I, you know, I really hope that will still be the case.
0: Yeah, I mean, hopefully, like, hopefully they'll do it similarly to the way the Town of Salem works. If either of you have played Town of Salem.
1: Obsessively um, at one point. Where
0: you can, it's, it is so good um because it gives you the options of having like every possible role in the game or kind of other versions in which it just strips back roles by roles by roles um and simplifying it that way so hopefully they'll do that and what it means by adding new modes is that hide and seek is just one of the yeah. modes they're adding and they're adding an additional mode with these uh with these additional roles but still it's, yeah. it's good to see that this 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 game has legs for sure mm-hmm. um
2: the other thing I wanted to talk about w- is what I've kind of listed in our in our episode running order as the the Left for Dead trilogy, <laughs> which is oh, uh, yeah. which I've literally written in this uh, rundown as Evil Dead the game, which is a Left for Dead but shit, <laughs> uh, Back for Blood, which looks like Left for Dead but really good, and the Ana which looks like Left for Dead but campy sci-fi retro fun
0: with aliens. <laughs> You know my thoughts on Left 4 Dead. <laughs> yes, Mark, I, do. I I really enjoy that series. Same. Yeah,
1: I still go back to Left 4 Dead 2 occasionally. It's it's we really do good. as
0: do we.
2: We we played it this week, last week.
0: Uh, no, we played Fortnite this week. <laughs> uh,
2: last, um, week. last week, we last played week, Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead two. <laughs> um, but I think what's interesting is that you know, Back for Blood is. Clearly a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. It's by a lot of the same developers. It's got a lot of the same themes. It looks great. I can't wait to play, uh, play it when it comes out and get involved in the, in the beta, I think that was also announced in August. Um, and, but also the Anna Crucis is also related to Left 4 Dead because I believe the writer for that game was the writer on the original Left 4 Dead games okay and i think and i think that kind of shows in just how similar the concept of the game is if not uh, a very very different setting
1: my concern when i saw the anacrusis trailer was it, this is entirely this is petty and small and it'll probably be fixed upon release but the guns look fucking pathetic
2: I (laughs) haven't noticed the guns looking pathetic, but it does seem like there's a lot of, like, kind of, sort sort of bonkers sci-fi weaponry going on, like, gravity wells and things. But the thing that I think concerned me a little bit was that, unlike where you're dealing with uh, zombies in Left 4 Dead, where there's, you know, I don't know, there's 20 or 30 different variations of generic zombie Every single one of those aliens looked identical and there were like 50 of them. It was a bit... It looked a bit samey in terms of kind of variation in the enemies. Kind of
1: segueing that into something that I only just kind of clicked in my head as you were saying that. That like little banter part at the end of one of the trailers where they're like, oh, I call him a brute. I call him a tank, etc, etc. If that's part of the gameplay, that's going to fuck people really badly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that I think they'll come to a they'll come to a yeah. decision on what to call the kind of heavy enemies in the game. Because yeah. otherwise that would just be utterly confusing. Yeah. But then again, like the Yeah, like you end up adapting. I mean, I would have I, I like I would have called like the big kind of powerful enemies brutes. That's that, yeah. that that's just how it'd work in my head. But when I'm playing Left 4 Dead 2... I default to tank, because, because that's they what call they call, the call it. Yeah. Um, so you'll just adapt to, to whatever they decide the name is of the of, of the enemies in the game. Although I do um, kind of
2: like the idea of the characters having a little argument in game about yeah. what they're going to call these, these new <laughs> yeah, that enemies that they've just encountered.
0: <laughs> it feels realistic, <laughs> yeah. in a way. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to talk more about Evil Dead the game than to say it looks yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. It looks fucking terrible, and no amount of Bruce Campbell is going to change my mind on that. Um, but Back for Blood, though, like playing that demo, got a few months back now.
2: The album that game, like,
0: December, I think, it was
2: December. It was a year, while was ago. Yeah, December or November, I think.
0: Time has no meaning. I know, um, and like. That game, even at that early stage, was such a fucking enjoyable game. It was very game. good. Mm-hmm.
1: There are a few problems with the director AI. The fact that like in this finale especially was what got the people that I was playing with and me, where the finale was like, it was either absolutely piss easy, you cleared it first time, or actually impossible because you had no breaks during the zombie spawns whatsoever. Mm. And it was more the latter, which was kind of pissing me off near the end. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they will have a lot. Oh, of that yeah, by
2: the, by the final, you know, it was it's it's easy, much easier to be forgive, you know, forgive that when it's an alpha yeah. and they're quite open and honest about that. You know, I think we we ran into our own fair share of uh, sort of unfortunate difficulty <laughs> spikes when we were trying to play
0: it. But like the good thing about Back for Blood already, even at that early stage, and it's looking like it, they're continuing this trajectory. They've learnt from a lot of the shit in Left 4 Dead 2 that pisses me <laughs> off. <laughs> Which is great um, because the amount of uh, occasions in Left 4 Dead 2 when, you, when you're stuck, like you're completely fucked and there's nothing you can do about it because certain enemies have abilities that render you completely incapable mm. of doing anything, whereas Back 4 Blood doesn't have as much of that. Or didn't in the demo at least.
2: No, and the character... I don't know if you saw the uh, character intro video because there's now eight characters and they each have their own strengths and weaknesses. And for example, there was one character that was introduced that he can break free of um, uh, the sort of zombies that can trap you. And that's his special ability. So, you know, there is a character now that can get out of that situation, which is probably a very useful trait to have on your team.
0: Yeah. Uh I... but yeah, I'm I, I'm all for Left 4 Dead style games simply because obviously a lot of my friends, like Mark, for instance, um, live some distance away. So it's good having games like this co-op games where you can all play together.
1: I think one of the, one of the big things about Battlefield Bird that I really I ended up really enjoying was the it's the character banter. Mm. I loved it in Left 4 Dead and I loved it here, and I came away from the alpha way back when I expecting to like Holly as my like my favorite character I really like Hoffman
0: they've they've done a great yeah. job like with all of the characters um and adding an additional four I just hope they've continued that 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 decent balance of of banter and characterization
2: mm. oh, I'm sure they have. Oh.
0: But yeah, love, 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 love. Well, love, somewhat enamoured with hate out of those three games. <laughs> um, because the Anacrusis I'll end up playing yeah. just simply if, if, well, like, if it's not a ludicrous amount of cost, obviously. Well, the
2: nice thing about the Anacrusis is that they've announced that that is going to be day one on Game Pass.
0: Oh, excellent! Oh there yeah, go. Well, there we go.
2: I'll, I'll get to try it
1: out and see if I actually want to support it or not. <laughs>
2: Um, so yeah, I think it's a great way to sort of try out that kind of game if anybody
0: has never tried it before. Uh, another game that I I wouldn't mind bringing up is Sort and Sacrifice. Um, I played, in fact, I, I finished Sort and Sanctuary, two um, D Souls like game. Um, that wasn't without its share of fucking horrible bugs and errors um but made by two people so that's slightly more forgivable and this is like the spiritual sequel to that which you know i'm i'm 100 i'm 100 behind this sort of thing um actually not spiritual it's an actual sequel um because hopefully they will have recovered from like because there was issues with salt and sanctuary where which doesn't exist in normal Souls games, but in Souls games, where because it's on a two D plane, the enemy could move out of the screen, and then they could still hit you, and you couldn't hit them. And I'm like, this is some bullshit. Um, so hopefully, they've repaired that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm all for I'm all for a sequel to that game. I really enjoyed Sword and Sanctuary. So
1: I think my own experience with that sort of genre was blasphemous, and I enjoyed that. So I I hope I'll enjoy this. I never played and Sanctuary. It's, it,
0: I would really recommend it if you can find a cheap cheap copy of it. Um, the only thing which annoyed me a little bit about Salton Sanctuary, I'll admit, is the lack of a map because in Dark Souls, the lack of a map is fine because you can architecturally see everything because it's three D. Mm-hmm. So when you're standing at Firelink Shrine, you can look up and you can see the the parish that you're trying to head to. And then when you find the elevator back from the parish to the final shrine, you see that everything is interconnected on a 3D plane. And you can remember that. Salt Sanctuary is all in 2D. Having that
1: limited field of vision
0: in a mapping yeah. in your head is impossible um, in that vein. It should it should have had a it should have had a map. Um, but I've
1: got an interesting thing that we could bring up. Deviation games.
0: <laughs> what? We- oh yes, let's let's talk about this. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> why why were a dev, a, a new development studio that have fuck all to show, given so much time?
1: It's it was, well, it's the Jeff Keeley wank off. So we probably know why. Okay. But it's the fact that they could just fill so much time and say literally nothing.
0: Yeah. I mean, all we
1: got out of it Um, was, we are working with Sony to create a new IP, and we worked on some of the Call of Duty games. Okay. What else? (laughs) Literally nothing. Yeah. Shut up.
0: (laughs) Just, like... There, there was not a there was not an a moment of that segment that didn't annoy me. Um, from their stupid little pissy logo to <laughs> um, to the to the fact they had nothing, they had nothing. They were like, "We we we can't say what we're working on," despite the fact it's blatantly going to be a fucking shooter. Firstly, look at their logo. Secondly, they're from Treyarch. It's a shooter. Um, in fact, I would go I will go as far as to say
1: You'll buy me a PS five if it isn't a shooter R oh, thank you.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, if I had the money to do that I would. I'm just trying to think of a realistic thing that I would that I would do. Come back to me on that. I'll put the, I'll put this on Twitter. I'll put this on the the Queers that play Twitter and my own when I think of something that I will do if this turns out to not be a shooter, but I will be very fucking surprised. One
1: of the things that kind of got me. Play uh, oh,
2: no, go play
0: Resident Evil seven in VR. All right. Oh. <laughs> it won't go well, <laughs> but sure.
1: One of the things that kind of got me about that whole presentation—I say her presentation in heavy air quotes—was that you know how comedy, like comedy routines, when they're making fun of businesses, will just spout shit and say as many keywords as possible. It was just mm-hmm. that. It felt it like it, it just... felt like a forty-five minute comedy sketch of someone taking the piss out of a like a video game announcement, <laughs> and I have the I have the blog post they put up to kind of like go along with it on the PlayStation site and I think my f-
0: I still can't believe you <laughs> inflicted this on me and I think my, this blog I think
1: my favorite sentence on it is another way of saving deviator is renaissance mindset deviators are not only passionate about their own discipline but they love others too. It literally sounds like a fucking a cover letter that you send out to 90 different companies and seeing like, <laughs> Yeah. It's so good. I love this kind of
0: bullshit. It's... I mean, to highlight, just in case you didn't watch this segment, and, you know, I am envious of the fact <laughs> that you didn't. Um they referred to themselves as deviators.
2: Uh-huh.
0: That because was how they described themselves, yeah. Yes, because their studio is called Deviation. And I was saying this before the podcast started, but this is some, like, believer shit. <laughs> this is, like, the fans of Justin Bieber calling themselves believers. Like, what the fuck? Um, and then Lynn graciously uh pointed me towards this blog post which (laughs) is which is on the official playstation blog so you can go and read it um but it reads like someone trying to fill the word count of an essay despite the fact that they have no direction no point and they're not answering the question that they actually put at the beginning of the essay that's what it feels like to me yeah um They've managed to fill and uh, fill an astonishing amount of words with no meaning.
1: I know, I'm, I'm going to do a quick word count on this blog post just to see because it is actually atrocious. Like how much they've sent—five uh, hundred fourteen words to say uh, we were announcing a landmark deal for a new IP uh we dreamt on making our own studio we're called deviators and we're sucking jeff Keighley off and that's it the, one,
0: that's of, one of the
1: one of the paragraphs literally says what kind of game are we making how long have we already been working on is it story-based multiplayer co-op all of the above and more when is it coming out while I can confirm development is already underway, it's really early for us to be going into specific details, which just to me is saying, we don't fucking know.
2: <laughs> no, they probably don't. They're probably still, like, prototyping and...
0: The thing is though, what that says to me is, if you have... Because, like, the the, the, the the key part of that statement is at the end, where they say we can't go into specifics. Absolutely none of the things they mentioned <laughs> yeah. before are specifics. They're all vague. <laughs> So you can't only not go into specifics of this game. You can't even go into the vague concept of what this game is. It, it What it reminds me of is it reminds me, do you... Um, I know Mark has, but I'm not sure whether you have, Lynn, watched Bojack Horseman. Uh,
1: I've watched like the first two seasons.
0: Okay, so you might not know this bit, but there's... There, there's, there's a bit where they're making a movie in, in the show based on uh, Mr. Peanut Butter giving the D of the Hollywood sign to Diane, and they're making a movie about it. And the thing is, they just keep recontextualizing and reformatting the movie. And eventually, the movie at the end, instead of being a movie, ends up being a monthly fruit mask <laughs> <laughs> because it changes concepts so many times. And this is what this feels like. This, yeah. this, as far as we know, this could be like. This this literally could be a monthly fruit basket for all we know.
1: That's a good that's a, that's a good analogy.
2: I'm going to use that more often. <laughs> this is a
0: monthly so fruit in, basket. In, in
2: 2024, look out for your monthly fruit basket subscription from Deviation Games.
1: <laughs> what else? Oh, anyway, just, yeah, uh, Stranger Things might crossover. What the fuck? <laughs>
2: We're just going to add that to the list of just most bizarre crossovers (laughs) that nobody ever asked for.
1: I mean, I can understand the Stranger Things Dead by Daylight crossover because the Demogorgon is fucking terrifying and having to run from that makes for a good experience.
2: But (laughs) Smite? I mean, yeah, why not? (laughs) Somebody's just throwing darts at a dartboard with random properties on it and going, yep, those two, let's link those two together. Yeah, yeah.
0: Pretty sure Epic Games are doing that as well. They've got the same dartboard.
2: Yeah, they use it for Fortnite.
0: Yeah, um, one of the like, there, there are two things I want, I want to bring up that were pointless being there as well. While we're on the pointless additions to this, to to this entire endeavor, firstly, this new look at two characters <sighs> how they look in yeah. Overwatch Two, Baptiste and Sombra. Like, what the fuck was the point of that? Um, and then two that teaser trailer, which was barely even a tease, um, for the new as Apex Legends character. Was it Apex Legends? Or was it Valorant? It was one of the two. I don't care about these games. But, like, um, it was the tease for the new character that was basically just a helmet. And I'm like, great, sure. What can you do with that information, pricks? But, like, just what was the point of those two things being shown?
1: I mean, Overwatch, Overwatch 2 was a distraction
0: from the current situation that
1: was going on when it was first released. We can all admit that, right? Yeah. So I think that's just happening Absolutely. again. They, they, like The Activision news came out with it, oh, we're all COD Studios. Oh, but this one isn't. But Blizzard isn't. We're still working on this. See? It's still definitely happening and isn't a money laundering
0: scheme. Well, Overwatch is a money laundering <laughs> scheme anyway. Um, but like, and the, the the worst thing about it, like the worst thing about that segment was like I was like, oh fuck, I forgot that Baptiste was hot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then it's just seeing his design in Overwatch 2, which is barely different than the first one, I was like, I'm not gonna play Overwatch, but if I were to That's 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 who I would that's play. who I would play.
1: Now, I need to look um, some real Somber one now. See if it's the same. It's the fucking same. Oh my god! <laughs> it's
2: exactly the same. Um, I just want to circle back around to um odd crossovers. Um, and just mention this because you know I know Ruben's a huge fan, and that is uh two B from Nier Automata appearing as a as a skin in Fall guys.
0: What the fuck?
1: Someone on Reddit. I guess.
2: Like,
1: loves like that's that's the the Reddit dream. I think.
0: I mean Fall Guys is getting some really odd crossovers. Right, it's right up like, there
2: with uh, with you know the Fortnite crossovers and it's just
0: bonkers somebody throwing a dart at a dartboard. Oh yeah, for sure. But like the weird thing is is I mean there's not gonna be any story involved, I take it.
2: No, it literally because guys just, it's literally It's just a two B skin.
0: Because otherwise, if there was story involved, that means it would exist within the the near universe because that's how Tarot does yeah, things. He's
1: probably he's probably you like you fucking... at the at Which the bars then would mean of, the, <laughs> yeah. of trying to write lore for this skin. But that but that would mean it would also <laughs>
2: be in the Final Fantasy fourteen oh, universe. Christ. And therefore like Fall Guys would be Tangentially linked to Final Fantasy 14 <laughs> through some convoluted story means.
0: Uh, this hurts me.
1: Yeah, I'm going to hurt you a little bit more because uh, I j- I had this pop up yesterday. It's, it's Fortnite again. Fucking England captain Harry Kane as a Fortnite skin. I was like,
0: yeah, that was. What I think that was added last night yeah it was. um because at the turn at the t- at the turn of midnight or the, the stores change each day and like when i came out of the match like there was the little exclamation point above the item store and i was just like for fuck's sake i need to clear these exclamation points they annoy me when they're there and i went i was like who the fuck are these <laughs> <Yeah>. people <laughs> um i had to type in who did I, a had sport
1: to, once. I had to type in Fortnite footballer skin to find out who it was <laughs> it's
0: just i I mean I don't I, I don't follow football anyway Same. so I have never known who these people were in the first place but like when they're referred to as icons I'm like how um but my god um I can't believe we end up getting distracted by Fortnite. <laughs> um so another thing and another thing that kind of struck me about uh, about this um because there's there's two really big bits that i want to cover later but uh or, or towards the end uh, when when it's ranting time but I really like the look of the uh, of vampire battle royale mm-hmm vampire the masquerade blood hunt um because i i clearly play battle royales now um that's now your thing it's clearly now so. but like it it looked quite good mm-hmm um, I hope there's a team element to it because you know that's a more fun solos boring. It. Yeah, but like it looked, it looked pretty good. Um, I don't really have much more to say than that. But like, yeah, it's something I'll I'll check out when we get closer to closer to the re- release.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm coming at this from like a more tabletop RPGs perspective, and I'm like. Oh that that's that's cool and I can you, you can do that and that's cool and yeah but that's that's where my involvement of that ends I'm not too big on battle Royales that aren't super animal royale so
0: I've been looking at it's Super It's good. Animal royale.
1: It's really good. It's the only one that I actively play.
0: Um there was some call of duty shit as well I don't but I I'm, I'm assuming none no. of us care about that yeah no um. So, on to rant number one, then, about this Hang on, hang on, before you start Yeah
2: I'm certain that this is not the first rant you've had in this <laughs> podcast We're on, like, rant, like, four or five at this point already
0: True, this has been a very ranty podcast More so than usual um, I'm
1: a bad influence <laughs>
0: No, it's Jeff Keighley is a bad influence. Um, fucking Death Stranding. What was that Just, whole thing? Just...
2: I didn't get it. I, I mean, I'm not paid Death Stranding, but I, you know... Was he advertising Death Stranding or Metal Gear Solid? Because that was, that was clearly a Metal Gear Solid thing of that, whatever that character was doing
0: but like the thing which the, the, the thing that i came away from that entire segment with is firstly i don't like kojima either but which is which is a known quantity i do not like kojima uh i think that all of these games are pretentious overthought and just stupid but 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 but, but my takeaway from that is and my main takeaway from that is i can't wait for death stranding director's cut to win loads of awards it doesn't deserve <laughs> Because we know at it's at fucking happening
1: at uh, the Game Awards, yeah, yeah at especially. The game awards.
0: Um, which, like, I don't know whether I, I don't know whether you listened to season one of the podcast, Lynn, but I went on a huge fucking rant after the Game Awards about the fact that Death Stranding should not have even been nominated for awards because the producer of the awards was in the fucking game, which is Jeff Keighley, yeah. which problematic as fuck. I don't care. That is n- that it shouldn't have been even nominated. And I can't wait for Death Stranding Director's Cut to also win Game of the Year that it doesn't deserve. Um, because, you know, fuck Jeff Keighley. Um,
1: just... Welcome to the newly renamed Fuck Jeff Keighley podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the twice annual <laughs> Fuck Jeff Keighley podcast. Oh, I should do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He gives me enough ammunition to make my own podcast for this. Um, but like the, the whole Death Stranding thing just speaks more widely to a, a, my biggest disappointment with the Summer Games Fest. And that's that it was essentially just a 90 minute showreel of trailers. And Friends of Jeff Keeley. And the downside of that, if we're being if we're being realistic and not being like overly ranty about it, the downside of that is Summer Games Fest is supposed to be a month-long celebration of video games. And yet he barely spoke about the events happening for the rest of the month. And if this is supposed to be the kickoff of a month-long event, surely you'd celebrate the events that are coming down the line. And like the month's worth of content you've got, rather than going here is load of trailers, here are my friends, here here's me uh, here's me having anal sex with Kojima, like surely you'd make it about more than that. But yeah, if that it was would be
2: really niche porn, wouldn't
0: it? <laughs> I guarantee you it exists. But it um, also
2: cut into
1: Jeff Keighley time, so we can't do that.
0: Precisely, but like. being realistic about it, if he cared about the games industry as much as he claims he's being fucking disingenuous, but if he did as much as he claims, surely he would celebrate the month's worth of content rather than just going, Oh, here are the, here are the games that here are a load of world premieres. And also by the way, we're sponsored by Amazon gaming. Did I mention we're sponsored by Amazon gaming? Here are some games from Amazon gaming. Um, it's It was just so disingenuous for someone who su- supposedly cares about the industry.
1: Speaking of which, I have the Summer Games Fest 2021 website up right now. And important things are highlighted in pink. First thing to be highlighted in pink is Jeff Keighley's name.
0: <laughs> that
2: sounds
1: about right. It, yeah. the, the next thing is like it's the, the kickoff, the link to the kickoff live and then calendar dates and like a sign up below link but the first thing to be highlighted is jeff Keighley's name and i think that's just shows how masturbatory it's become
0: yep and it's the same with the game awards which really are the game announcements yeah um the like i've, I've said this before and it's no less true and it's not going to be any less true come december when the game awards rolls around again um Live tweeting that and keeping up with the actual awards that are announced is impossible because they're all just thrown out. They're not given any weight. The game, the, the actual game awards at the game awards, which is no,
2: they they take up less than like five minutes of the entire sixteen-hour presentation or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, and it's the same with this. It's exactly the same with Summer Game Fest. Like I would, I, I would be as bold as to say that Jeff Keighley really doesn't give a fuck about video games. He just cares about having important friends in the games industry more than anything, um, and that shows with the with the content he puts out there. Um, and it's disappointing. And another reason for why that is really prevalent with Summer Games Fest in particular is. Is, is the next part of the... Uh, is essentially the next part of this discussion of Summer Games Fest, the Day of the Devs Indie Showcase, which he didn't fucking mention. <clears throat> and no, and hardly anyone knew what was happening. I switched off after the Summer Games Fest kickoff finished because as far as it was described, that he didn't rave about this this new segment about indie games coming after the kickoff because he doesn't fucking care. Um. And there were some great games shown in Day of the Devs. In, um, fact, in
2: fact, the best game of the entire show was shown in Day of the Devs and it wasn't even in the game show Kickoff Awards. Oh, Oxenfree so... 2.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree.
2: I think it was Axiom Verge 2. But
1: okay. <laughs> I wanted to get <laughs> well, that in. I wanted are... to get that in. I really like Oxenfree. So... <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, like, as you say, Oxenfree 2, Axiom Verge 2, um, which looks great, by the way, both of them um like walk looks terrifying um unbeatable looks great um there was just so many really great indie games shown during day of the day of the devs and it was given no it was given no weight by the person who apparently is running summer games fest
2: what i did like though is um not not jeff keely um <laughs> the uh oh god what's his name is it tim Schaefer that was running the day of the devs he genuinely seemed passionate about this and he's and he's been running this uh day of the devs uh for for years apparently and i'd never even really heard of it until this popped up
0: but But, yeah it was a very
2: it's a very different very very clear uh difference between what Jeff Keighley was doing and what what Tim
0: Schafer was doing. (laughs) Well, yeah, because Day of the Devs, um, generally speaking, like, it introduced the devs.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, because each, like, almost every segment had a small introduction from the devs explaining their game. Or, in the case of, say, Axiom Verge 2, and uh, Behind the Frame as well did this, the devs explained the footage and Mm -hmm. talked about what was going on and and the inspirations behind the game and how it came to be and the decisions that were made and that's fucking interesting
1: I think the one that kind of hit me the most uh, on that sort of uh, that sort of thing was Desperlot I think it's incredible that games have this space now where you can tell incredibly niche stories like that and have it on a worldwide stage and then have it shit on by Jeff Keighley.
0: <laughs> yeah, get the
1: whole experience in one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, if I was a game dev, I would take personal pride in being ignored by Jeff Keighley. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was there there was so, and the, the good thing about Day of the Devs as well, as opposed to the Summer Game Fest, is the sheer variety that you had on display there because obviously you had the metroidvania with axiom verge uh there was rhythm action uh with unbeatable uh, a kind of isometric zelda style adventure with death's door the, the the visual novel kind of the visual novel with behind the frame horror with with walk and there was just and puzzle there was a puzzle uh, puzzle games as well and it's just that variety is what i enjoy about the games industry
1: i'm not gonna lie i really like the look of soup pot as well
0: (laughs) yes soup pot as well um it just like the day of the devs was really really good like really good um and it's just a shame that it wasn't given more more weight than it than it had
1: is it even up on the website like Pretty sure I cannot see it on the Summer Game Fest website. The Day of the Dead just isn't on there.
0: Nice. Thanks, Jeff.
1: But you know, Death, Death Stranding Director's Cut and Jeff Keighley's name are both on there.
0: So basically, that might as well be Jeff Keighley's name twice <laughs> because he's in Death Stranding. Yeah. Um,. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's 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 despite how much of a, I'll be I'll be completely honest, how bored I was for most of Summer Games Fest. It was good to see it. It was good to see it be followed by something like Day at the yeah. Devs, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, a a true showcase of some of some great and interesting and innovative even games coming over the next like couple of years or year or so i think is more realistic time frame on them i mean
1: i've had i've Um, had this opinion for a while but i really think indie games are gonna up and we're 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 starting to see it indie games are the real ones pushing everything forward at this point
0: yeah i'd agree with that i mean you you've got the same
1: aa shit that's just being spouted out for 60 70 dollars a time and like that, that it's it's just being proven by Activision forcing all their stuff into Call of Duty. They know what sells; it sells easily. But when you want to, when you want to yeah. come to the actual passion projects and the things that people actually really want to play and get excited over, you go to indie games.
0: Yep. Yeah. And also, like this is this is jumping back, really to a topic that we discussed last week on the Pride Special as well. If you want representation, yep, yeah. indie games too. Uh-huh. Um and like you're definitely right in terms of in terms of innovation as well. Um indie games are the ones that are pushing innovation and kind of breaking breaking genre boundaries and doing interesting things with genres that you just don't see with AAA. Um I mean what comes to mind is I, I cannot remember its name off the top of my head, but there was a puzzle game that uh was announced in Day of the Devs that Used Tetris elements, not Tetris itself, just Tetris elements in its gameplay, um, as you kind of slide puzzles around to move. And I'm just like, that is genius. And you wouldn't be able to get, you wouldn't see that from a AAA because the AAA wouldn't, just yeah, wouldn't would, wouldn't go for it. Um, so I guess before we close, does anyone have any final, final kind of thoughts on Summer Games Fest and Day of the Devs?
1: Not really. We've kind of covered all the stuff I want to talk about, and I'm kind of holding back about ranting about Back for Blood for two hours because I it I love that game. I'm I've got it pre-ordered already, and I don't <laughs> pre-order games. So, <laughs> but I just I, I, I want more narrative. I want more narrative focus games, which things seem to be kind of slipping away from that. And again, it's going to sound like we're just sucking day of the devs off, but it's really nice to see a lot more things like that being given focus because I, I love my narrative stuff
0: <laughs> and mark
2: i think uh i don't think i can i can say anything uh better than lyncher said really uh i you know i love a narrative game as well but also can't fucking wait for back for blood <laughs> <laughs> i think we're on the same page though yeah
0: Yep. And I have nothing more to add than I've already I've already said, so um
1: Okay, what game is so, yeah. what game is Stranger Things gonna be in next?
0: Fall Guys. Mm-hmm. Fall Guys yeah. or Fortnite,
1: definitely. <laughs> Seeing Eleven pull out an LMG and just mow down Harry Kane and then Rick Sanchez is <laughs> That's going to be a time.
0: I mean, I th- honestly, like, I, I think, I think it can't be ignored at this point that Fortnite has taken over from Smash as the old ult- as the, as the ultimate crossover oh, in terms
2: of
0: IPs.
1: It's incredible! Um, it's incredible the absolute gravitational pull that game has.
0: Yeah, and yet, st- and yet, people are claiming that it's dead. I'm like, sorry, are you are you kidding? Yeah, <laughs> have you seen this? <laughs> It
2: is making epic games billions.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, it's it's got a satisfying satisfying game loop, so... For the most part, unless you've got dickheads playing it, but... Season 7 teething troubles. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, that. I, I think that does it for episode 4 of Queers at Play. Um, thank you so much to our guest host Lynn, the order you've been amazing
1: when you when you see me when you see me around uh, i expect that strangling to come soon because i heard it in some of your voices <laughs> <laughs> which means my job here was done
0: for babsy alone <laughs> um uh and yeah i've been i've been reuben and uh, i've been joined by mark and Lynn the order and thank you for joining us uh we will be back next week for our E3 special, so see you then Oh, I forgot Bye-bye. about E3. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Sorry for the reminder on that. Oh, and also, by the way, just one last thing. Fuck Jeff Keighley.
1: No, I don't want to. I'm gay.
0: Okay, let's let's rework. <laughs> it. Jeff Keighley can get fucked. <laughs>